This Week in Startups is brought to you by Carta. Simplify how you manage equity. To get Carta's cap table software, plus a free 409A valuation, go to carta.com slash twist. Skillshare. Join the millions of students learning on Skillshare today. Get two months for just 99 cents. Go to skillshare.com slash twist. And Four Sigmatic. Awaken your mind, support your well-being. Special offer for Twist, 15% off at foursigmatic.com slash twist, or use discount code twist at checkout. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Startups. I'm your host, Jason Calacanis. We host this show 100 times a year. You can find it at thisweekinstartups.com and on all fine podcast players everywhere. Today's guest I've known for a long time. Decades, in fact, uh, through Web 1.0, Web 2.0, and now on to her latest startup, which is called Brandless. Her name is Tina Sharkey. Welcome to the program. I'm so psyched to be here. Yeah, we've known each other forever. I was like, how many decades is he actually going to disclose? Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe like we probably met in 96, 97 in Silicon Alley. Yeah, no, totally. You were working at... Oh, at the time, mm. um, hmm, iVillage. iVillage, right. Yes. But then remember the shoot in your apartment with Jacob on my lap um, yes. as a baby. And right. he was like caught in the center of the Silicon Alley. Alley 100. 100. Yes, yes, you were in the 100. Didn't Joanne Wilson like sell the ads for it? Joanne, yeah. So people don't know. That it's interesting. I meet young people and they don't even know that I had the magazine. Uh-huh. And the magazine obviously defined me for a decade totally. in New York. And so what Tina is referring to is... I, would, I created a list of the top 100 people in Silicon Alley, and I ranked it, which at the time, everybody advised me not to do, and it created a lot of drama, but it also, conflict equals drama. Do you remember your number? I do not. I just know that my baby at the time was on my lap, and Fantastic. he was not meant to be in the photo shoot, but he wouldn't separate, and the photographer mm-hmm. was leaving, and you're like, you know what? The kids Let's go. In, then you, I remember what you said. Kids you go, the kids in the, in the shot. The kids kid, in the shot. Kids, kids stays in, in the, the picture. picture. There you go. Um... <laughs> Well, let's get right into it. You created a new company. I'm fascinated by it, and uh, I understand it's doing really well. It's called Brandless. And what is it, and why did you start it? So um, my co-founder, who is in Australia, so otherwise he would be here with me. Um, and I <laughs> Sydney, created, Melbourne? Uh, Melbourne? Melbourne, Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, Ido, uh, Leffler. Uh, we decided that uh, things were really broken. Um, and I had been doing my tour of duty and venture and was mm-hmm. seeing a lot of pitches for a lot of things that felt like the derivative of, the Uber of this, the mm. Snapchat of that. You Airbnb know, of why. Of why. Yeah. And it sort of felt like bad Hollywood pitches, right? Yeah. And so I said, wait a second. These are all features. Maybe they're products. Maybe they're companies. But they're certainly not disruptive movements. Mm. And what's really broken is the idea that people are rejecting the brands they grew up with. Hmm. People are rejecting, 78% of millennials say they don't want to buy the stuff they grew up with or that their parents use. Wow. And 90% of Americans are saying they want to buy and work with companies that reflect their values. Interesting. In um, some way, shape, or form. How did we get to that? Why do people not want to uh, support the brands they grew up on? Do you well, have a theory? think about it. Yeah, no, 100%, which is that right at that same time, we were seeing the demise of government. So mm. people didn't want to reelect their parents' president. Right. Um, the demise of institutions, so banks mm. and the mortgage crisis. Um, basically, we'd lost trust. Ah. Um, and so the it was a moment in time where out of the top 100 CPG brands in the U.S., which are consumer packaged goods, 
90 were in decline last year. So that means wow. 90 of the top. So basically, brands are trust marks. Mm. And so if 90 were in decline, people just do not want to, you know, use palm olive, use, you know, whatever the shampoo is, whatever That's the soap is, like open up your cabinets. You can think of probably 60, 80, 100, maybe 200 brands that you could probably name off the top of your head that you don't even know you know, but it's just part of your consciousness because that's how you grew up. So we spent 50 years trying to program. How many of those are in your house today? Yeah, no, none. There you I, go. I think about it like, yeah, I'm probably close to none. Right, so and open your fridge in your head right yeah. now. Open your pantry in your head yeah. right now. Now go back to the house you grew up in and yeah, do no. the same exercise. No Tropicana orange juice. Okay. No haagen ice cream. There you go. Um, on the yogurt tip, it's a different brand. We're using Fage. There you go. Fage, the Greek yogurt. Bathroom, shower? Uh, yeah, no. Okay, laundry no. room? Nope. There you go. Yeah, no, the laundry we use, my wife is very much into researching ones that don't have chemicals or leave a there footprint on the earth there you go so i loved fantastic i'm a huge fantastic fan i love spraying fantastic <laughs> and that chemical spell and wiping <laughs> stuff down like desks and i love clorox to clean stuff like the wipes and did she let it in the house she threw it away when i bought it there you go and Case i'm like point. where are my clorox wipes and she's like oh we can't have that in the house i'm like Wait, okay what well, we actually, so at Brandless, so that was the big, you are a proxy for everyone. Yeah. Um, all Clearly. of that is happening. Well, that we've known for a while, but no, but seriously. So all of our cleaning at Brandless is um, EPA Safer Choice certified, all non-toxic. Um, so if I go with Brandless, I know your set of uh, morals and ethics, which are What? So we put people first, first and foremost. Okay, so the customers are important. Customers, we don't even call them customers. They're yeah, people. People. We are, <laughs> humans we are, are important. Humans are important. We co-create along with the community we serve. You know, Got I've been it. building community for my entire career. Right. Whether it was at iVillage, whether it was running community platforms at AOL. Like you also did, ba was it Baby, Baby Center? Yeah. Baby Center, which yes. was Johnson & Johnson's. Well, they bought it. They bought it, yeah. Uh, but it was an independent LLC, yeah. the largest community for moms online in the world. That's interesting, though. You probably got some really good insights into how yes. they think. I sat on the community board, got I mean, it. on the consumer board of J&J right. &J with all those brands and uh, got to watch rejection in real time <laughs> and the evolution of the new mom, um, like your wife, who yeah. doesn't want toxins. Therefore, when the twins were crawling yeah. and eating things off the floor, yeah. she didn't want that floor wiped with things that she didn't know what yes. was in them. Interesting. So you're on the side of consumers is the brand value. First and foremost, we yeah. are uh, we're a community. Got it. Um, and we believe that people come first. Hmm. We believe that your values, non-toxic, environmentally friendly, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, organic, whatever it is, have value. Hmm. And that you shouldn't have to pay more for it. Got it. And that we've been trained to believe that quality um, actually costs more and hmm. that price is a reflection of quality. And that's not true. It's not true. It's not true. See, that's very interesting. There you go. Yeah. So if it costs more, it's not necessarily better. Exactly. Better yeah. doesn't. Who said better needs to cost more? Right. So uh, we disrupted yeah. all of that. And we said, you know what? Because that system was built 100 years ago, hmm. the system by which goods are bought and sold, you buy things from stores today, right. but the stores don't make those things. And so the no. people who sell them the stuff, those are their customers, the stores. The companies that make the stuff are not in direct relationship with the people they serve. Yeah, there's a big gap. So in fact, the people making the products are servicing the store. The store is somehow interpreting 
their needs and the customer's needs. So you have this weird ecosystem. And then the stores, because they are all trying to claw back margin, Hmm. they are making private label stuff. Right. And they're putting it right alongside the shelf of the national brands. Yeah. So the tomato sauce company is not thrilled to see like whatever Whole Foods 365 But they don't have a choice because they're not going to open the tomato sauce store. No. Because they've never been in the business. And they don't even know their customers' they email don't. addresses. They don't. Their customers are. They don't. They don't. So D to C, direct to consumer, yeah. from our perspective, many people think of that as a channel. Mm. We think of it as a relationship. How many SKUs do you have now? I'm sitting here with the uh, unpopped popcorn thing and some Swedish fish and uh, some popcorn. How many SKUs, how many brands have you, or how many items do you now mm-hmm. stock? And how do you pick those items? Yes. Which so, ones do you go after? So we launched last July, so July mm-hmm. 11, 7-Eleven, no Beautiful. pun there. Um, and we launched with 110 SKUs yep. across seven different categories. Mm. So all what we called sort of the things you reach for every day. Got it. Um, we now- Not perishable, months, I take it. All non-perishable, mm. but not just consumables. Mm. So clean beauty, rid of the 400 ingredients you don't want in your beauty items, mm. cruelty-free, clean personal care. Got it. Um, we did home and office. So you can see here, pens, papers, but ah. the paper is FSA- Certified paper, Got it. Um, toilet paper, and facial tissue, tree-free, mm. made from bamboo grasses and sugarcane. Such cane. a good idea because it eliminates me having to in think about what is the motivation of the person selling it. Because exactly. when you're interpreting a brand, you're like, well, they're trying to build something that games me. I'm trying to ungame the brand. And I don't have time for this in my life. And our whole thing is like, and this is such a you thing, which is that we don't no false narrative like mm. a cheese duck cracker is a cheese duck cracker it yeah. has its own story and it's mm. going to tell you in this particular case it's organic it's made with real cheese it's brandless so we turn brandless into an attribute and then it's also non-gmo got it but the most important attributes go in the white box we even have a white box council ah and so products tell their own stories we don't need to tell that story it. it reminds me of this rx bar that i eat they're a sponsor of the show too and rx bar just puts like three eggs Two egg whites, two dates. They actually put the number of each item. And I'm know just them like, well. You know them well. Like it's, it's actually probably part of a new car. Would, would this Uniqlo or Uni, you know the clothes? Uniqlo. Uniqlo. No, one of our one. muses. Is it, that's part of this kind of like movement. So Uniqlo, RX Bar, Muji, What Brandless. is Muji? I've never heard of it. So Muji is um, this extraordinary store that started in Japan. Uh-huh. Um, and it's basically... it. The literal definition of Muji is no brand. No brand. But it's actually about the simplicity. Uh-huh. And everything has been reduced to its most simple, beautiful design form. And what it. we call just what matters. So you asked me how many SKUs we launched yeah. with 110. We've now blown through over 350. Wow. We'll be at 400 in the next few weeks. And we'll double that next year. Wow. Across now probably 10 categories. Hmm. And in late January... We'll be disrupting four more categories that are Whoa. already um, all planned, shot, manufactured, and on their way to our distribution centers as I record this show with you. All right. When we get back from this quick break, I'm going to ask you the question everybody's thinking about after the first 10 minutes, which is, how do you go up against Jeff Bezos, Amazon, and Whole Foods? When we get back on This Week in Startups. Listen, you're listening to This Week in Startups. You understand the name of the game, Equity equity, equity. You want to get on that cap table, whether you're an employee or a founder or an investor. And 
the number one way people in Silicon Valley are managing complex cap tables is Carta, C-A-R-T-A. You have all of these cap tables that are broken. They're kept on, you know, spreadsheets somewhere on somebody's hard drive. Mistakes get made. There's inaccuracies. And let me tell you something. When these companies get big, if something's wrong, these mistakes can be costly. That's why a lot of VC firms, a lot of angel investors like myself, seed funds, and Slack, Coinbase, Flexport, August Capital, they manage hundreds of billions of dollars in equity on Carta, C-A-R-T-A dot com slash twist uh, is our special URL. And if you go to that special URL, you will be able to get Carta's cap table software and a free, here we go, 409A valuation. That usually costs thousands of dollars and is painful and arduous, but no, with Carter, it's simple and it's easy peasy. It saves us hours per company and it makes our year-end audit as a fund and a seed fund so much smoother. It forces founders to organize important information. That's one of the key benefits there. If you're a founder, this is gonna give you the discipline. It's gonna give you the rails. It's gonna give you the structure to do it right and you will look professional. There is a huge risk with these paper stock certificates of destroying the planet and losing them. So it's great for investors and founders and it's really, really uh, makes life super simple. When founders uh, have their lawyers lose stuff or make mistakes, it is arduous and painful and Carta makes it simple and delightful. Get that free, free 409A valuation right now and learn how simple it is at carta.com slash twist c-a-r-t-a dot com slash twist okay let's get back to this amazing episode hey everybody welcome back the brilliant tina sharkey is on the show she has created what i think is one of the best ideas i've i've heard in years brandless uh you have brandless.com i assume yes, and you're brandless are. on the twitter on Fantastic. the Twitter, we're Brandless, but at Instagram, we're at Brandless Life, and on Facebook, at Brandless Life. All right, so go ahead and check all those things out. I'm sitting here with the catalog with over 100 SKUs. You're going to get to 300 this year. Oh, no, we're already over 350. Over 300, and you're going to go to 600 next year. Yes, probably more. And I'm flipping through here, and I see yum, yum, maple syrup, coffee, obviously, baking mixes, brownie mix, uh, pastas, fantastic. And if I buy this from you, the value proposition is... You're in my corner, and I know exactly what I'm buying because of the white box that just tells me what's in it. And am I buying this to save money or not? So we are starting with the things you reach for. Everything in the assortment today uh -huh. across all of these categories from food to snacks to plates to bowls to knives to clean beauty to cleaning, EPA safer choice, all non-toxic, everything that we sell in this collection is $3. Oh, wow. That's bonkers. So you basically said, let's make everything $3 and then make the size equal the price. No, no, not at all. The oh. sizes, these are all full size. Oh, um, so, well, wait a second. So, it, so it, we eliminated all of the inefficiency in the system ah. because you shouldn't have to pay more hmm. um, for it. So on average, you're saving somewhere between 40 and 70%. Got it. Um, but that's against national brands of similar quality. So you can't compare organic peanut butter to Jif because Jif no. is not organic. And would your wife let Jif in the house... You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I bought it the other day, and she was had a whole conversation. So. That's a whole conversation. No, what happens I know is, your wife. Here's what happens: a conversation. Like, I, if I buy something that's not good, 
the price I pay is hours and hours of conversation. <laughs> so it's I literally have to think with every bad decision I make in there life, you go. am I willing to have a 45-minute discussion about it? For ribeye, I'll have the 45-minute discussion, but I'm going to capitulate if it's Captain Crunch. Like, it's not even worth going up that. That's not the hill I want to die on. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But the thing is, you know, as the founder of Weblogs, yeah. um, content and community are critical parts of what we do. Yeah. And so from the day that we launched and every SKU that we launch now is all informed by the community we serve. But if you serve, if it's $3, that means your margin is different on each item. Correct. And we don't sell one thing to anybody. You can buy one thing if you want to. Um, but these are the things you reach for every day. And right. so people build brandless boxes um, and everything from snacks to compostable paper plates and compostable cups. I love cups. that you have the, compa- the the good plastic cups. I um, love those It's become cups. like a pet it's peeve a of mine is plastic. And I've been just going ham on my uh, Twitter trying to get people to stop. Sir. Every time somebody gives me plastic, I take a picture of it and I shame them on Twitter. And then anytime I get like paper straw i take a picture of it and i thank the person yeah no exactly it works i had a whole thread me adrian grenier and the executives at starbucks and we were just like hammering them over email haranguing them and then publicly like batting them around just stop just stop yeah and they've now made they have covers that they're going for they're not giving plastic covers they stop straws in some places but it's gonna all be legal uh do you lose money then when you sell me olive oil for three bucks i do not not a single thing on there not our organic uh extra virgin pressed italian olive oil looks good it's really good um so let's go over this question on everybody's mind how do you compete with a maniac like bezos who doesn't care about making money for a decade or two and he's got amazon basics i don't think he's done basics amazon basics for food yet but he certainly does it for pens how do you deal with them as a competitor you know, Amazon is the everything store, Yeah. Um, first of all. Yeah. And every time they expand into another category, I like, in my mind, I write Jeff a thank you note. Huh. Because 95% of all of the stuff that we sell today is bought offline. Hmm. And so Amazon, Walmart, you know, Fresh, you name it, they're all competing for less than 5% of the addressable market. It's a massive, massive TAM. Right. Um, so that's first and foremost. If they move more people to shift their consumption habits to buying things through e-commerce in this category, thank you. Yeah. Number two, being the everything store, we've curated what we do and hmm. we are a community and we're there to serve our community. We are there not only to create and edit and curate just what matters. Go to Amazon and look up shampoo. Oh. You'll get 20,000 results. I know. It's, now I, say, literally, I, I literally only want, did this. I yeah. only want clean shampoo that right. doesn't have the form. Now you'll narrow it down to like hundreds, if not thousands. We have one. Right. Um, it's called shampoo. Um, and you know that if you did that, it follows your guidelines. So you've basically... St- gotten me to home plate without me having to do any there's no friction there's no friction it's community led it's community informed it's yeah. curated and edited so you're not overwhelmed by what we call the paradox of choice yeah when your wife sends you to the yeah. supermarket or the pharmacy yeah. and you have to stare at that wall of toothpaste i know it's, it's like you're paralyzed staring at it it's also a waste of time when you think about it like consumerism and like trying to figure out what toothpaste you can put it towards something else hanging out with your kids playing guitar you know working on your startup whatever it is and i buy what you're saying because i am addicted to good eggs 
And Good Eggs is just phenomenal at curating. I love Good Eggs. It's just awesome. I just had the founder on, and I'm I'm so glad they didn't go under. They had to do a whole, a whole restart. Yeah, but he did a great rebooted. job. He did a great job. And it's just like, when I order from there, it's like, they might have two types of jam or three, but they're all so spectacularly curated. I'm totally into it. But I love what you're doing for just doing like a subscribe and save. So is that on the roadmap? Because it seems to me that like, I could just say, send me, you know, these hundred items every month. And it would just, because when I buy stuff, it's one other thing that makes my wife crazy, but I just buy in bulk. So if I buy deodorant, I buy six. I buy six tubes of toothpaste and I don't have to deal with it for two years. And she's like, oh, it's so, you have so much stuff in your closet. I'm like, yeah, the keyword in there is my closet. <laughs> like, it's in my closet. <laughs> it's my space. I don't want to think about this stuff. So do you have people like that? And do you offer like a, subscri a subscription yet? So we're going to be launching subscription um, next year. Oh, so good. Um, and you'll be able to build your own. So yeah. we might have suggestions on things mm. you might, you know, we're what we call predictable consumption. Mm. So if you're a brandless coffee drinker, all of our coffee is fair trade and organic. But if you are a brandless coffee drinker and we know you have two cups a day, whatever, then we can decide how many we also make nutritionals all non-gmo but green antioxidants men multivitamins melatonin i mean you name it um and all of that in that line is three dollars yeah um and you might want to put that on subscription but you may like for this office once everyone starts tasting all the brandless snacks they're going to want the popcorn around all the time yeah. they're going to want their special partial pops they're going to want their quinoa yeah. puffs so. Yeah, and you'd also be like, hey, this is the stuff we want, and then throw in $10, $3 items and surprise us so we can mm -hmm. sample like some stuff. That's how I would set it. That'd be like a cool thing if I was like, surprise me with three items a month. A surprise gift. It's like a little, you know, like a little surprise. But I'll still pay for it, but like uh, surprise me with it. What do you th how do you think about packaging? Because that, to me, is one of the things that makes me bonkers about so Amazon when they send me. And what, to their credit, they do have simple packaging sometimes. But when they send me a box of batteries in a box so wrapped we don't in plastic, wanna, number I go one, bonkers. We don't want to ship air. Um, right. Number two, we are building for ship, not shelf. What does that mean? Hmm. The whole industry right now is architected for shelf, meaning that they make things that they send to their customers right. who are the stores and they have to unpack the pallets and put them on their shelves. Somebody right. puts it in a cart and they take it home. If you're building for shelf, um, that's one metaphor. Since we're building for ship, mm. we don't want to ship water. So we're working with our partners to actually take the water out of our cleaning products. Mm. You can take the water at home so that they don't weigh less. We're working oh, with smart. our partners to take the water out concentrate. Of, of, of concentrates. Yeah. So that is all in the pipeline. So number one, build for ship, not shelf. Number two is we don't want to ship air. So in our perfect future world, um, our boxes will be like bento boxes, right? They'll be Perfect. like Lego. Um, now, it'll take a while to get there because sure. you have to get all of that to evolve. But we've already shipped and evolved some of our, for example, our tomato sauces are in environmentally friendly plastic. Mm -hmm. um, they used to be in glass. So we got the manufacturer. Yeah, that's not good to ship. <laughs> no, it's not good to ship. Um, and the breakage issues and the weight issues. So wherever we can evolve working with our partners around the world, to make it more environmentally friendly, less packaging, less uh, This is where the government the can like actually do good. Like the fact that we ban plastic bags in San Francisco and then straws are getting, uh, in New Delhi, I think they ban straws, plastic straws. And so we're starting to see government action just to sort of back this up. And then in Europe, my understanding is in a lot of the countries, whatever packaging you put on, the 
you're responsible to take it back and throw it away as the store. So what people in Europe do is they get to the counter, they pay for it, then there's little tables. Then they take their toothpaste out of the box of, and they throw it into a bin. They take whatever nice. packaging. So if there's like multi-layers of packaging, take it off. And then they also have like a wall where you can walk up with your own container and fill it with olive oil. A uh, question from one of our users, Mike Lee, he says, how do you make sure the olive oil is real? Study revealed that a lot of olive oils were watered down. Uh, how do you deal with the supply chain? Because you could have all the good intention in the world. These suppliers get a little bit shady from what I understand, right? So that's why before we launched the company, mm -hmm. our PSQI team, Product Safety, Quality, and Integrity, um, we put our uh, partners through rigorous contracts, uh, testing, um, all the rest. And um, we really, to become a brandless partner yeah. is no easy deal. When we talk about USDA certified organics, it actually carries the seal. So not only do they have to follow our guidelines, mm. but in order to carry that seal, yeah. they have to carry um, and be in compliance with the USDA certifications. Do those... USDAs, are they like really a great standard or you think they're like halfway to where you are comfortable with your family? No, I mean, if you're, those are pretty rigorous standards. Oh, yeah? um, and I'm cynical. I just people, see that and I'm just like, yeah, the government's in on the take. No, I would say that, you know, those factories, those, uh, that supply chain going all the way back to the source um, is pretty rigorous. If oh. you carry the EPA uh, Safer Choice certified for all of the cleaning items are, that are all non-toxic, that actually has to go through all of the rigor of an EPA Safer Choice lo logo. If you carry the cruelty-free, like in all of our beauty and personal care, um, there is checks and balances all along the way. Mm. Um, so the interesting thing about the olive oil question is not only is our olive oil organic, but it's actually in a green bottle. Mm. The reason why it's in a green bottle, and a lot of people don't know this, when you go to Italy and you see olive oil sitting out on a counter, it's usually in a green bottle. That's because it protects it from the sunlight. Yeah. So olive oil in a clear bottle is actually not as good quality. Mm. Not that the oil itself might not be good, but in terms of the shelf life, right. you're going to minimize that based on the exposure to the sun. So even our in that particular case, the glass is green. Uh, when we get back, I want to know how you think about... 360 brands and maybe having a pop-up store or a quick store like Amazon's now starting to do, because that seems to me like a huge win for you to introduce the product, even if you're broke even at a little store at the you know, train station or something, this could be super powerful. So how do you think about pop-ups in real-world retail when we get back on This Week in Startups? I am constantly trying to improve myself and the way I've been doing it most recently, not through books, not through audiobooks, no, not through surfing the web, looking for random YouTube videos. No, I've been using Skillshare, Skillshare.com. It is amazing. And I've got a new project coming in the first quarter, and I wanted to design the logo myself. I found a woman named Jessica on Skillshare, and she has a master class in lettering and uh, illustrating, and it is amazing. She did the new MailChimp logo, among many others, and I have been captivated by this class. I have to say, instead of just listening to a podcast or going into an audiobook, I'm going step-by-step step through her course and I am learning a ton. And if you're out there and you have a skill that you would like to share, I suggest you become a teacher because you'll get a bunch of exposure just like on Instagram, except it's gonna be deep exposure. Like I know this woman, Jessica now, and I am gonna reach out to her because she's in San Francisco and I might hire her and give her 10 dimes or whatever she charges to do a new logo for us. 
That's the magic of Skillshare and becoming a teacher there. It also can become an additional stream of income for you as well and build your social following. In addition, in addition to the logo type masterclass with Jessica, I think Albert Wanger from Union Square Ventures, our friend, got a great video course up there on how to start a startup. Neil Blumenthal from Warby Parker, Stephanie Corey from Away, which we use Away. Our friend Gary Vaynerchuk is on there doing social media in a noisy world. So here's your call to action. Join the millions of students learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for my listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. Wait, what? Not $99. Nope. 99 cents. How could you turn that down? Go ahead and go to Skillshare.com slash twist. Once again, Skillshare.com slash twist and sign up now. Two months for just 99 cents. Thanks for the incredible offer, Skillshare. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Jason Calacanis. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason or Instagram at Jason. You follow the show at TWI Startups on Instagram and Twitter. And if you ever want to email me about your startups, Jason at Calacanis.com. I read them all. I respond to the ones that actually have built their products. So my um, guest today, Tina Sharkey. She is the CEO and co-founder of Brandless, uh, which launched in 2017. Previously, she worked at AOL, where she was my boss. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm yeah, so I was sorry. waiting. How many minutes in what until you actually people? apologized? Yes, exactly. I was like, I, I am was so sorry. That would have happened in the first five. Yeah, like everybody who I've ever Brian. worked for, I was such a disaster. But at least AOL knew. They were like, everybody is under contract for two years, except for you. You absolute insane maniac, Jason. And then we're going to have, then it'll be like Tina's problem. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh my God. You guys is... know each other. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> I uh, Yes. Formal apology for letting the bull in the China shop. But actually, you were pretty cool about it. Uh, it was kind of like, it's very interesting. That acquisition of uh, Weblogs Inc. wound up becoming AOL's entire business model eventually. Yeah. And look what, uh, well, look at Vox. And Bankoff, uh, yeah, Bank took our exact plan to do. And actually, um, what was the publishing platform? It wasn't called Weblogs. Blogsmith. It was called Blogsmith. Wait, I was getting there. Yeah. Um, I think so much is published on that now. Still, yeah. Uh, Brian Alvey, TMZ, genius. Yeah, yeah, I love Brian. Brian's a genius. He really is. Um, it's very interesting, too. Like, Bankoff took the entire team. Uh, from Engadget and well, Marty. So Marty, Marty Mo, Marty was my BD guy. Yeah, exactly. And Marty then I was hardcore. like, No, Marty, you're gonna like run uh, weblogs because I could just then tell. I don't have to deal with Jason. <laughs> you can deal with Jason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he's like, Thank okay. you. Yeah, no, it's putting me inside of any large company is just generally a bad idea. Uh, the bull is in the china shop, but he's 10x it from here. I mean, what a. Although it's interesting because the time it's so hard to do these web-based brands now it's just so hard that's why i just pivoted inside all to email and i'm just building weblogs inc all over again but by email yeah totally well 30 the, brands. the inbox is the new portal exactly 30 we have 30 email newsletters six or seven hundred thousand subscribers a million in revenue i think 40 writers we're gonna launch Amazing. 20 new emails in january and we're basically could be profitable we wanted to i just keep spending a little bit more money but i'm actually gonna pull a rabbit out of that hat um when I left our hero, Tina Sharkey, which you can, who you can follow on the Twitter, Tina Sharkey, uh, K-E-Y there. Um, we're talking about pop-ups. I think you did one. Two. Two. Yeah. How did that go? Oh, my gosh. And how do you think about it long term? And how do you think about the future of retail? So um, I think about it in terms of IRL. So in real life, 
when you have a web-based brand um, going in real life and showing up, especially a community-based brand, mm. for me, first and foremost, I want to go and hang out with my community. I want to meet them. I want to get their feedback and I want to know what they want next because mm. the entire brandless assortment is inspired by the community that we serve. Many times they are, all of our content is usually from their hacks, their tips, um, their, their ideas, their videos, their recipes. So we started our first pop-up in LA in May. We weren't even a year old and we went right to the corner of uh, Sunset, no, Melrose and La Cienega in West Hollywood. Um, and we were Facebook live, like literally four or five hours a day at times. And it was all program. We had panels. We talked about Sophia Bush came by and said, mm. this isn't about my movie. This is actually about why I left my day job. Mm. And what did it mean to have a brandless life, yeah. which is living more and branding less. Love it. And so then we Such said, a great concept. so that all went well, except one big aha moment. People kept coming up to me and saying, I beg your pardon, but this might sound weird, but can I try your organic ketchup? And I was like, of course you can. And then the next person, can I try your organic olive oil? Mm. And then I realized that we hadn't architected it for taste and trial. Uh. So the the programming was great. The community engagement was great. But then we went to New York and I literally just got back from New York. We were there for 10 days in um, late October, early November, right on 14th in the High Line. And honestly, thousands of people a day, lines around the block. I think wow. our numbers were bigger than Museum of Ice Cream. And it was all all taste and trial. Hmm. So we had 18 uh, snacks going at any given time. We had what we call the yummy bar, which hmm. we had four flights a day. We had a non-GMO nut flight. We had a organic salsa and chips flight. We had an organic and vegan soup flight. And we had an Italian organic uh, pasta night mm. flight. And we treated it just like you were like some special elite wine tasting, mm. except it was for everyone. And so everyone deserves to make the ordinary extraordinary. And then they all got tasting mats and gave us back their notes, their feedback, et cetera. We had a clean beauty bar where you could try all of our creams. You could try our tweezers, our eyelash curlers, um, our lotions, our hand soaps, all of that. And then we had a fair trade coffee bar. And so people were trying, they were engaging, they were obviously having experiential moments, like we had a bamboo forest because none of our uh, toilet paper or facial tissue is made from trees. Um, it's no trees have been hurt in the process. Nice. And, uh, and then we had a porcelain installation with all of our housewares. And then we had a kindness station because yeah. at the essence of Brandless, is really about truth, trust, and transparency, as we saw in our labels. But more importantly, it's co-created with community-centered values. And then at the epicenter of everything is brandless is kindness. Mm. Scaling it, engaging it, and doing tangible acts, small, medium, and large every day, that means something. So every time you check out at Brandless, we've partnered with Feeding America and we'll donate a meal in your honor. Since our launch, we've donated over 3 million meals. Wow. Um, and we do things like on Black Friday, uh, while everyone else was going on sale, our AMP was 10 meals in your honor. Oh, wow. And so we turned Black Friday into an opportunity yeah. to give more. That's awesome. Um, when everything- Does that stuff actually drive the bottom line? Do people 100%. make decisions based on that kind of stuff? Yes. Do VCs, when they hear that stuff, get repelled and think, ugh, this is like 
this founder is trying to do good in the world and I want to make a massive profit because you're venture backed. Yeah, no, I mean, I, from this, from my seed deck yeah. all the way through my series C, I said, look, to be really clear, we are built for profit and for purpose from mm -hmm. day one. This How is not an afterthought. It? This is not a campaign. Well, um, you raised 30 million. So obviously it worked. Uh, 300 million. 300 million. Sorry. 300 million. Who did the last round? Oh, SoftBank. SoftBank. Vision wow. Fund. Yeah. Moss. So, that's crazy. Jeff Hausenbold and uh, Justin Wilson are on our board. They're oh, awesome. Yeah. I've known Jeff for a long time. Um, and he's not only an extraordinary operator, but he built and led community platforms like Shutterfly and like eBay that are commerce and community. All right. When we get back, we're going to find out how Tina thinks about Amazon Prime. Stick with us. I am super excited to tell you why my energy level is so high. You're wondering, hmm, why is J-Cal so indefatigable? I'm going to tell you today, it's Four Sigmatic. I drink their mushroom coffee with lion's mane every day. Sometimes I'll drink their mushroom hot cacao mix. And you're probably saying, what is this about? Mushroom, hot uh, the hot chocolate. Well, I found out about this great company, Four Sigmatic, because my wife loves Tim Ferriss and listens to his podcast. So she starts buying Four Sigmatic. I start drinking Four Sigmatic. My daughter, my wife, we're all drinking it all the time and we love it. It is coffee, okay? Let me just make that clear. It's 100% organic Arabic coffee beans, but it doesn't taste like mushrooms, even though it has those mushrooms in there too promote your productivity focus and creativity it's coffee without the jitters and it is really delicious i drink it all the time sometimes i mix them together i'll be totally honest i'll take the uh, cacao uh, the mushroom cacao and i'll mix it with the lion's mane mushroom elixir but it's going to be great for your focus level and i really enjoy drinking it tastes great we keep it here at the office everybody loves it we're going through packets after packets and we have an amazing offer for you today from our friends at four sigmatic you're going to get 15 percent off which is significant. And you just have to use the following link, foursigmatic.com slash twist. And then, or you can use the discount code twist at checkout. But go to foursigmatic.com slash twist. Let me spell that out for you. You know how to spell four, F-O-U-R. Sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com. Foursigmatic.com slash twist. Go ahead and get yourself some of this amazing lion's mane or maybe the mushroom hot cacao mix. Just so many great products from our friends over there at Four Sigmatic. And I, I, I can't say enough about how much we love these drinks at home. And I'm super excited to have them as a partner now on This Week in Startups because it makes it super easy for me to read this ad. It's an endorsement. I, I seriously love the product. Okay, go to foursigmatic.com slash twist or use the discount code twist at checkout to get that 15%. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. Welcome back. To this week in startups, I'm your host Jason Calacanis. We do the show a hundred times. If you want to be on the show, do something great and important in the world. Don't email us and ask us to be on the show because you want to be an influencer. For the love of God, if you have influencer, TEDx speaker, speaker, visionary keynote speaker in your Twitter bio, delete it now. It's embarrassing. My guest today, <laughs> Tina Sharkey. Tina Sharkey is the brilliant co-founder and CEO of Brandless. You should go check them out at brandless.com. Amazon Prime from what I understand, is the massive profit center and everything at Amazon that's decided goes through that lens. What have you learned from Amazon Prime? What impact does it have on consumers and their behavior here in the United States? 
So whilst I'm not a student of Amazon, <laughs> um, what I can tell you is that, you know, they very much created table stakes for many. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we think about if Brandless was built for profit and for purpose, um, if we're going to do a sort of frictionless shipping, um, how would we think about it? So for us, it's be more. Um, mm -hmm. And so for $3 a month, $36 a year, um, you get free shipping, but also we double the give every time you check out. Mm. So for, you don't need to join Brandless. Anybody can shop at Brandless. And when you check out, we donate one meal in your honor. But if you are a Be More member, we donate two. Hmm. Okay. And what does the shipping typically take? You do ground or something? Or is it two days? So two day? it depends. We have distribution centers um, in the Midwest and um, on the West Coast. Uh. And so it ships within three to, you know, three to five days. Sometimes in California, you can get it in a day. Um, but How do you right think now, about same day? Do you think that's going to become the standard? I think in the future. But I think that because the things that you get at brandless.com, you can only get at brandless.com. Right. Um, it's not the same table stakes as somebody who can go to the corner store. It's funny, though, because when we decided to launch on 7-Eleven, um, I remember my son's coming home and saying, you do know that that's free Slurpee Day. And I said, oh, man, you know, I don't, I think we're good. I think uh, we're good. I, I don't think, think good. our and audience then, and, wants uh, 800 calories exactly. and Bring artificial your own bucket. color. Bring your own bucket. And then Jacob, my older son, said, oh, oh, by the way, Mom, you also know it's Amazon Prime Day. I'm like, that one I missed. <laughs> it is um, Amazon Prime Day. I didn't know It that. was the year wow. we launched on 7-Eleven. And wow. so it ended up, I said, you know what? The ship has sailed. We're going on 7-Eleven. <laughs> and it ended up being a blessing because everyone was talking about Amazon Prime. And then they positioned us as the disruptor, which it was just completely coincidental that we mm. launched on Amazon Prime Day. How do you think about big uh, boxes? Because if you're going with the $3 device as like just easy to think about, would it not be awesome to have like the $30 version of each thing and be able to buy it in bulk? Because I'm a bulk buyer. I like buying because I got three daughters. I got a family. I got guests at the house. I like buying things at bulk and getting less packages less frequently. How do you think about that? I mean, and from, less packaging. Too, yeah, frankly. the less packaging thing. I think that you know, look, we're not about three dollars. We're about uh, simple, fair, um, and curated and mm. edited. Um, and so, if you want to buy ten of something, fantastic, buy ten of something, mm. um, and we'll enable you to do that. But that shouldn't be something you have to do because not everybody has a what they call the Costco closet mm. uh, where they can stock yeah. up. But for um, those cheese duck crackers, I want like a giant box because we're going to go through those. I want to have 10 boxes. You are, but you also know that for some people, like let's take um, let's no, take you live in an apartment. Pods. Yeah. You live in an apartment. Like yeah. many people don't even have a pantry. It's just on the shelf. I mean, yeah. one of the things about brandless products and why we've gotten so many design awards is that people really like having it out. It does um, look good. They like day. the way the packaging looks and you shouldn't have to um, buy in bulk. You should also... When's the last time you opened up your refrigerator and all of your condiments were like half filled? So we like true. to think of just what matters. Mm. So for example, in this sweet and salty trail mix, not only is it non-GMO, et cetera, but it's resealable. Ah, and yeah, so sure. you can open it, but you can reseal it. Sure. Wherever we can create a package that like even those gummy fish, because I know you only wanted one of those, um, <laughs> know, you those can are reseal brutal. it and keep it more yeah. for later. So everything that we think about, even these dried organic mangoes, um, you can reseal the package. Oh, I just had a great idea. You need to do an airport store. Oh my 
God, would that be incredible? Have, <laughs> have you ever thought of that's got to have come up on the roadmap? Because when you you're know, in the airport, you want to just throw a bunch of stuff in your bag, and to have this many like interesting SKUs and this great price point, be a line. There would be a line. I mean, the key is about right now. Yeah. It's about building your brandless box. Huh. Um, could I imagine back to IRL one yeah. day? Um, you know, I can tell you by the lines around the block yeah. that uh, there's a lot of interest mm. in uh, community-driven values. One of the most popular stations at the brandless pop-up. These are for the girls. Oh. So four organic um, oh, applesauce pouches. Yeah, we have these like crazy. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah, the pouches are great. Is kindness. So we had literally a station where we had postcards um, that were pre-stamped, and we said you can take them, just send them to someone you love or someone that needs a little love. Uh. And so everything about Brandless is about scaling and transacting kindness and true community-driven values. That's at the essence because the products have their own stories, so we don't need to tell their story. So it leaves space to have a different conversation. Hmm. Wow, if you had a vending machine at the airport, that would be even better. I think I'm going to have one like in your garage. That'd be easy, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm just going to put you on like auto-send. <laughs> no, I always think, you know, I retail is going through such a an upheaval that a lot of the startups I've invested in are looking at retail, and then they look at the cost of acquiring customers on, say, Facebook. And acquiring customer on Facebook, it's competitive and might cost you 30, 40, 50 bucks. And then if you had a store that you rented and it cost you 10 grand a month to set it up and you convert 20 people a day, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I'm piling all this money over to Zuckerberg. Why? Just because I don't want to go out and, and if I have this, we have this one company, Stylist LA, that has these little stores and they got one on Union Street here in the, in, uh, the marina. And it's like, well, they got a super deal on these tiny spaces, and then they get to meet their customers, which yes, makes it so best, real. The best. Um, all right, let's do some quick questions here. Tina, cool products is Jessica Gray. Hi, uh, Jessica. <laughs> love your mission, caring about your community. Are you open to partnerships? I would think so. It all depends. Well, it depends. We have to figure out what type of partnership. Yeah, we're not or... a marketplace. So everything that we sell at Brandless, we create. Mm. Therefore, we can have the consistent quality, but uh, we're open to all possibilities. Do you think one day you'll actually make the stuff or is that crazy, like to have your own factory? Um, you know, I wouldn't rule anything out, but yeah. I don't know that it would be necessary as long as we have the partners that live up to our quality standards hmm. and that we're co-creating or form or co-formulating. Um, I think we're good. I mean, our labs are great. Our chemists are great. We have hmm. our own food scientists, our own chemists. So that's on your side, so you can keep tabs on them. Here's a yeah. related question from uh, Halo, K Halo Casa. Halo Casa. Halo Casa. Having one supplier per product line concentrates the power of that respective supplier massively. Do you have several producers per product, and do you charge massively in order to become a product? I don't know what that last part means, but I know the first part. Do you have one person making the mangoes, or do you have like multiple suppliers? How do you think about managing so, the supply chain? Right. No, that's a great question. I mean, uh, so our offices are in San Francisco and Minneapolis. Uh, the reason why we are uh, co-located in Minneapolis is that team is head up by Rachel Vegas, our extraordinary chief merchant who spent the last 15 years at Target. Oh. Um, we have amazing uh, depth and bench of our team that knows how to create products and build these types of relationships. Um, on the dried mangoes, as an example, or on any given product, um, we're working with a singular supplier. 
on that one product to ensure the quality is consistency. Mm. Having said that, that doesn't mean we're working with only one supplier in the category. Mm. But if you're talking about a single SKU, um, it's likely with one supplier. Otherwise, we can't control the quality. Yeah. How do you think about those coffee pods? So what about them? Well, it's kind of controversial because they're kind of wasteful. They are. But people are in love with them. And if you didn't have them, that would be very difficult as a brand. Do you have them or not? And how do you reconcile that issue? So we do have them. Uh, We have them not only for K-cups, but also to fit into a K-cup machine, but also to fit into an espresso uh, machine. So we have the espresso pods as well as the K-cups. But the espresso pods are the ones that are like in a fabric. They're not the ones in plastic. No, they're the ones that are like in a metal. Ah. They're they're the the Nespresso machines. Espresso ones, yeah. Yeah, So So how do you think about the wastefulness of those, yeah, that's to me like that's abhorrent. something that we're actually really working on, Struggling and with, yeah. um, I won't uh, fully disclose the hand, mm. but we are working with some of the most bleeding edge uh, manufacturers who are moving that onto recyclable yes. pods, and so that's something we're very focused on. But I like we, the reusable ones. Yes. So then I was going to say, so there's the re- so we also sell we sell coffee our organic fair trade coffee grounds, coffee grounds, coffee beans. Uh, K cups as well as Nespresso, you know the the yeah. espresso pods, and so and cold brew, and nice. so we have a giant cold brew coffee bag. Um, you put it in a jug of water in the fridge overnight, um, and then you wake up in the morning and voila, you yeah, have nice. eight cups of organic fair trade cold brew nice. um, with no containers, um, just Beautiful. one uh, big tea bag. Well, it's a coffee bag, but yep. it looks sort of like that. Um, so we're constantly thinking about ways in which we can give choice and we can move towards more sustainable things. The other thing I'll say about the K-cups and the pods in terms of your volume question is that a retailer has a fixed amount of shelf space. So if they can sell you a box that has 16 or 32 of those, mm. even if you're not going to go through 16 or 32, it doesn't behoove them to have a box of eight. Right. But for somebody that's just living alone, doesn't drink that much, why should they buy 32? They're going to end up throwing it away because it's right. not going to be fresh. We can do that smaller format. And therefore, um, on a per pod basis, you're paying exponentially less, but mm. you're also not wasting. Yeah, we, we have a company we invested in, Stowaway Cosmetics, and their entire concept was half of makeup goes bad. People, right. women, Most women don't know that it gets filled with bacteria and it goes bad. You're supposed to throw it away. So mm-hmm. they have... Eyeliner yeah, for I love four stowaway. Years and, yeah. I use stowaway. No, yeah. because I throw away my makeup every so it's few half months. the size, half the price, yeah. which the you know ours is comes. full size. Um, half the price at, at a much more uh, incredible value if you're benchmarking it against the quality. The site's beautiful. Can you give us a quick tour? Thank you. Oh, I would love to give you a tour. Let's pull that up here. So if you go to brandless.com um, and you're not signed in, um, it starts oh, yeah. with um, you know here is a rotating uh, photo. Better everything for everyone with a box. Beautiful. Here's um, some of our acacia and silicon spoons in a bundle. The thing about our bundle and our engineering team did a great job here, which is with one click, it'll add all of it to your cart and then you can edit it from the cart. Because what we're finding is that when you're shopping for this, unlike most e-commerce sites where you're buying one or two things, no one at Brandless is buying one or two things. They can if they want to. Um, So with one click, you can add all of it and that mitigates Uh, the click fatigue. Um, Also, you're like, you know what? I am a gluten-free household, not just because I choose to be gluten-free, but maybe you have someone celiac in your household. So (laughs) I'm going to see what Brandless has just by clicking gluten-free. These are our popular search terms. Um, And then everything on Brandless that's gluten-free is going to come up. 
Um, and guess what? Not only is our cons- many of our consumables gluten-free, but look at all of this clean beauty. We right. started getting customer service questions very early saying, is your um, uh, tabletop cleaning cleaner gluten-free? Is your shampoo gluten-free? And I wrote back like, good Lord, please tell me you're not eating it. Um, and it turns out that it wasn't about that. If you are celiac, it gets absorbed. Touch it gets yeah. absorbed yeah. through yeah. your skin. And sense. so all of our clean beauty is gluten free, as are all of our non toxic cleaners. And so we put all of those into our search terms. How are um, those? Uh, how are those cannabis uh, THC cookies? The brandless THC cookies. How are those? <laughs> Not yet. Um, how do you think about that? Do you think that's going to be on the site like in the next two years? We get a national referendum. You'd be cool with that, right? CBD you know, for sure. I mean, I think it's it's pretty controversial in terms of the the source and the essence and the efficacy of mm-hmm. whether you're coming from hemp or whether you're coming from sure. something else. So I'd see that we would watch that play out. And if that's something that the community wanted, it made sense. They oh, this it. is something that we, so almond butter. So this non-GMO almond butter, it's in a resealable pouch. I'm personally obsessed with this product. Uh, oh, almond butter, like peanut butter almond butter. Like peanut butter oh, almond butter. That, and man. if you are love have any butter. nut butter yeah. allergies, um, this organic sunflower seed butter, which just launched mm, um, last week. I've had this before. Oh my so gosh. Delicious. And it is so good. And it doesn't have, if you have any nut allergies, this is organic and gluten-free and resealable. And that's only $3 uh-huh. for six ounces? Yep. No, you yes. lose money on that one. Come on. No, we do not. Really? Yes. Who that's says better crazy. needs to cost more? Wow. What's that? I said, who says better needs to cost exactly, more? Exactly, exactly. Well, you've cut out all branding nonsense and advertising. You've cut out the- uh, Essentially all the middlemen, because there isn't the one middleman. So you have the distributor, then you have the shelf stocking fees, and you have the breakage fees, and you have the Ugh. end cap fees, so then you have, oh complex. my gosh, it's very complex. And it was It's gotta built be 50 for, cents of every dollar, right? It was built for a very different system. Yeah. And so by eliminating all of that, we're able to ship direct, and we're able to hear that you want a seed butter, um, and then go out there and try and create it. You ever think about like multi-level marketing um, and having ambassadors and that kind of, kind of stuff? Because I could see that the people who are super uh, enthusiastic about this would love to go out and make it like a side hustle where they could go and get and introduce it to other people and maybe get some sort of spiff if they get people to subscribe or something like that. You ever think about that? Because it's you know, very popular we, in the mom blogger community, which I think is, is part of your audience, right? It is. Um, I would say that, you know, what we don't want to do is we don't want to start adding margin um, and uh, adding cost. What mm. we can do and what's been really, really popular, we only launched it, I think, maybe a month or two ago, is you see up here on the top, get $9. Um, so when you click on that... That is actually allowing you to use the referral platform. Oh, gift to get. Yes. So that is something that's very popular and it's only, you know, it's very, very recent. But that's I did that something... with my Tesla. Yeah. I sold like 30 Teslas. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. That's I, and awesome. I have all the data and they gave, they sent me one of those free, those little Tesla cars. So we have like a little Tesla car. I think it costs like 500 bucks and they sent it to us for free. And then I got like maybe three or $4,000 off my Model X that I bought I for Jade. And, uh, I just did it because I wanted to help them. And so I just kept tweeting like, hey, buy a Tesla, buy a Tesla, and you get supercharged or whatever. And then I looked at who was buying it. And I was like, oh, wow, there's some famous friends of mine bought Teslas using my code. I love that. Well, better yeah. stuff, a fewer dollars, it's that simple. Yeah. Um, but I think also, like even for our commercials, they're recuts of the unboxings um, because so many people are doing uh, it that we are just basically saying, look, if you eliminate all of the cost mm. and you ship direct, then all of those different things for every product is different. 
Um, but by not having the, the wholesale to retail, all of the breakage, yeah. all of the markups. And then every day, everyone in our company writes a customer thank you note. Oh. Um, because we are in relationship. Mm. D2C is not a channel. It's a relationship. I love it. See, for somebody who's like, we don't do any marketing. We're brandless. This is really well-conceived marketing. I have to say, like, the idea that the un – because unboxing was, like, this thing at Engadget that was such a big – Huge. Like, traffic driver. I remember driver. with Peter talking yeah, about Peter it. Yeah, Peter would be like, we're unboxing this thing. I was like, okay, you got 20 photos of you unboxing and I watch? And it's like, yeah, and it's the highest it's a viewed thing. blog post. Totally. And using your customers to advocate for you and tell you why they – tell other customers why they love the brand is just such a great device. When you have to tell people, here's our value proposition – to the point of even the point of why brownless exists, people don't buy it. But when another customer tells another customer, it's like, yeah. oh, I can trust you. You're a customer. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> a brand isn't what you say about yourself. It's what a friend tells a friend, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's it's one of the devices we use in the uh, accelerator that we run is ask your customers to describe your product, and we we do it with people who come to our accelerator, come to our events. We say on a type form, we're just like, oh, fill out this type form and tell us like a Yelp review what you thought of this event. And they put it in there, and then we use it in the marketing. Hundred percent. So all of our stuff. That's the way we tell people to do it. It's like write a Yelp, write a Yelp like review of this experience, and they write it, and it's great. Um, so you raised a huge amount of money. And you unicorn yet, or undisclosed? Undisclosed. Undisclosed. I guess you got to be getting close if you're raising two hundred million. What was the last round? Two hundred million. Two forty. Oh, okay, yeah. So usually be twenty percent of the company in around like that. So you're probably right around there. Um, how does that massive infusion of capital, which would be probably ten times what you previously raised or something, or five times or something, how does that change how you run the company as CEO to get that mass? Because that's got to change everybody's view of the job has got to change when that announcement comes out, and you're like, oh. We're at the office now, and there's a quarter billion dollars in the bank. How did you raise that money, and how do you manage the company when that massive amount of capital comes in? It's two questions. Um, so let's start with the first, which is how did we raise the money? I yeah. think that um, what SoftBank uh, saw uh, with the team under Jeff and Justin and Masa, um, they saw that we were trying to – the Vision Fund was created, in my opinion, to take – what are the things that people use in their life, whether it's WeWork, so the future of work, whether it's Slack, the future of business communication, Uber, the future of transportation. When they saw Brandless, they said, oh my, this is the future of modern consumption. And so they didn't see it as like an e-commerce play um, because an e-commerce play would suggest that we were a marketplace selling other people's things. They actually saw that it was the future of the supply chain, the future of fulfillment, the future of branding, the future of consumption, um, all with a better for you um, frame, which is where the modern consumer is moving, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. So you have to remember at Brandless, we're already shipping to 48 states every day because mm. uh, we can only ship within the contiguous U.S. right now. Um, but there's this idea that BFY, better for you, is just a coastal idea. That's not true. It's that the middle, which is our fastest growing states, they either didn't couldn't afford it before didn't have access to it. Hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that their shifting values and shifting lifestyle choices are not the same as everybody else. Hmm. So I think what they saw in Brandless was one, that we were building a global community-informed brand. 
to that data and technology in order for the future of supply chain, the future of fulfillment, the future of last mile, the future of retail, like all of that mm. could be de-risked and scaled based on data and technology platforms to actually reinvent the systems that were built for a completely different supply chain, mm. um, right? Because we talked about this, people, you know, the current manufacturing core around the world doesn't sell to people. They sell their customers or stores. So the idea of building a direct consumer platform. The second thing, back to your point about the startups you invest in that are spending a lot on CAC to sell one item or one category. Yeah. When we launched Brandless, we were super intentional that we didn't launch it for one category. Yeah. And actually, our early stage venture investors said, you know, because we were ready early with um, the beauty and personal care. Uh, they said, why don't you try that category and see if this model works yeah. and then roll out others? And we were like, no way, no how, because we will always be defined by those early categories. Yeah, so you want to come out strong. We came out as a platform and yeah. we came out with eight categories and we've since launched many more and disrupted many more. And so I think what the Vision Fund saw was that the early acquisition you then, all of the new categories, the repeated habituation of what mm. we see at Brandless and how often people come back um, based on the cohort of that first month that they try it um, and their willingness to try stuff across so many different categories from housewares to homeware to Yeah, well, once you trust the, the brand of Brandless and the value proposition, it's like, well, of course I'll take my pens from the same people who made these delicious Swedish fish. Let's go on to the second question. How do you stay hungry and, and scrappy when a quarter billion dollars is in the bank account. So I think that you have a couple of privileges when you're in our position, which is that we're not architecting the financials for the next fundraise. Right. We actually, <laughs> now we're saying, you know what? You just did three in a row. <laughs> what are the systems we can build that will actually accelerate our um, efficiency, accelerate our scale, mm. and accelerate our ability to truly um, bring the future of fulfillment and supply chain and all the rest forward. So when we think about our use of proceeds, I always say to the team, it's as if we raise just 50. Right. Um, and when I think about those longer proceeds, I think about where can I make investments today that actually can accelerate the efficiency in our supply chain, the efficiency in our fulfillment, and the efficiency in our direct consumer and community engagements and platforms. Because all of the stacks that we're on our commerce stack, our data stack, our um, publishing stack, and soon to be our supplier stack, all of that is proprietary, all sitting against one data layer. Mm. And so we not only know our customers in our community, we use all of their insights, either passive or active, either by what they're searching for to inform our future things or by what they're asking for. Do they want you to go obscenely fast, fast, or you make the decision? Because that's a large amount of capital and they have big expectations. The criticism of the fund, not my criticism, I love it, but, uh, and I sold Moss with some of my Uber shares because I was like, well, if Moss is involved, if I sell him some percent of my Uber shares, I think the company's value goes up by more than the percentage that I sold him. So net, net, me giving him shares makes the company more valuable, obviously. Um, it's pretty obvious to everybody. But do you now find yourself in a position where that kind of capital makes you have to grow faster than you're comfortable with. You know, or is it your choice or did it push you? It's our choice. It's oh, it's choice? my choice, yeah. yeah. They are not, they are, what I love about Jeff and Justin and Masa mm. and the whole team at SoftBank 
is that they are player coaches in the sense that they are they have operating experience and so they're not traditional venture investors and that for me is fantastic because if somebody wants to get to the whiteboard with me I'm all in having said that their hands off so they're like look you're in charge love it here's our point of view here's the karetsu and our portfolio that might be able to help you um, but at the end of the day it's your call you're running the show a right, quick one from the live stream. Tosh asks, "How Hi, much? Tosh. Hey, Tosh. How much does social media like Instagram and Twitter play into brandless? How are you building your company's image online while still being brandless?" Great question. I love that question. It plays in massively because we are there to serve, and so our community is where we get our ideas, where we get our inspiration, and where we publish back out. So if you look at our Instagram feed. Um, and you look at it photo by photo and think that like there's some mosaic there, absolutely not. Like most of what you're going to see in our Instagram feed are photos that have been sent to us by the community, awesome. photos that are inspired by the community. And most of the time, we're not even selling. Um, we're just engaging in kindness, in setting intentions, um, and in spotlighting people who we think are doing great things in the world. Got Jessica Seinfeld in there. That's kind of groovy. She's well. She and I. Who been are friends. these people? I think I wonder if I've been friends longer with her, Jessica, or you longer. You knew Jessica before Jerry. Um, I knew Jessica before Jerry, wow. and I think I knew Jessica before you. Wow. So, so well, we're talking old school. Yeah, wow. Well, who are these people buying brands without a brand? That's my Jerry name. actually Thank loves you. our um, everything uh, pretzel uh, thins. These pretzel good. thins are everything. <laughs> But there's no brand except for the brand. It is a brand. It's just but it is a brand. It is. But it's a brand with no brand. Hey, one difficult question here. You're not going to get out uh, unscathed. I just thought of this. Uh, looked like Saudi Arabia was going to be super progressive. Masa took all this money from them, and now you're connected by extension, and I am as well with the Uber investment, to this horrible killing of Khashoggi and this crazy Saudi situation that we all thought was going to get better. The Saudis were like, we're going to let women drive. We're going to have, uh, um, we're going to have uh, movie theaters. And MBS was going to be this big progressive guy. Were you going to go to that uh, big seminar? And did you have to back out? We were not. Uh, we did not. We were never planning to go there. Oh, okay. So, so you didn't uh, have to back out. We did not back out. But you obviously would have. Um, like everybody else. Look, we've been very clear um, and we've talked uh, very openly with other SoftBank uh, CEOs in the portfolio as well as with our investors in telling them um, our concerns. Yeah. Um, and we're vocal about that. But honestly, we're just focusing on the community that we're serving here yeah. and how we can scale it faster. Um, to serve more people um, that are both food insecure or don't have access to these things right. or um, haven't been able to afford it before. And so that is where we focus our time. But make no mistake, we've absolutely uh, shared with them um, our feelings. Yeah, I know Masa feels that way too. I mean, he's kind of appalled by everything. And it's really interesting as like founders in Silicon Valley, you have this great struggle, which is like you want to engage with people who are moving their societies forward, whether it's China or Saudi Arabia, whatever it is. And then these countries are not perfect. We're not perfect. Look at our president. Look at the situation going on here. And people are like very quick to like attack Uber for taking Saudi Arabia money. But at the, and I was not pleased with it at the time because I had worked for Amnesty International. I know the human rights, you know, sort of thing. And then with China, it's just also tragic to think about like, oh my God, Google wants to make a search engine for China. It's like, oh my God, like, 
you're going to wind up having Google executive ha executives handing over people who do certain search terms. Like, do you really want to have a Google executive handing over a Muslim person to be disappeared or a person who's selling a certain book online? Like, this is really challenging, like, heavy stuff. How do you think about the responsibility of the tech industry? Because you're as old school as it gets, like me. We were there before the web. It's kind of tragic to watch what's happened with Facebook, huh? How do you think about it? It's funny because I told you I had dinner last night with Ohm, and this yes. was the subject of conversation. Oh, Malik, famous Ohm, Malik. And, uh, you know, my feeling is that as a public CEO, as somebody who, you know, I'm on my own platforms, I use my own voice, my company is all about how do we create not only a diverse and inclusive environment, um, but how do we truly walk our walk every day? Um, and how do we, if we are for purpose, purpose doesn't just mean we partner with Feeding America. Purpose means we walk our values, right? Yeah. And we want to create a culture of inclusion and we want to create a culture of humanity. And we want to practice that in every single gesture, whether right. it is how we recruit people, how we onboard people, how we honor the people that work with us. I mean, I literally do intention ceremonies with my team because what I say to them is, look, we hired you for, um, for your skills, but more importantly, we hired you for who you are and you are so much more than what you do. And the amount of time that we're asking you to spend you're giving up a portion movement. of your life. So like we also want you to achieve your personal goals and we want you to set an intention because we don't believe you can achieve one if you don't set one. And then more importantly, you need to tell us how we can support you in doing that. And then everybody signs it. And so building That's a brilliant. family and a community inside our walls so that we can serve the community outside our walls so that we can hopefully inspire others to just be kind. Be good. Be good. You see, this is the problem. Everybody wraps Silicon Valley up with Zuckerberg. I've known Zuckerberg from the beginning. I've been critical. I'm not going to let make you comment on any of this, whatever. But I've said from the beginning that this person, this individual, is not the person who you should put in charge of such a powerful platform, whatever. And they've been suffered fine after fine and bad behavior and apology after apology. And at a certain point, you have to just understand the leader at the top is responsible. And this is an example of leadership that has failed repeatedly. And they should not be trusted. And they have, I hate to be crude, but they pissed in the well. And if you have this well of users and somebody poisons, it poisoned the well, a better term, they poisoned the well. And now nobody trusts Silicon Valley. Everybody thinks that we have nefarious, but I mean, all the founders I know, overwhelming majority are exactly like you. I mean, you're actually an outlier, like in terms of real intentionality, but people want to do good stuff. And I think if you take Zuckerberg's horrible behavior out of it and you look at Google's, it's actually not that so bad. They've actually been pretty good citizens. Anyway, I could go on for hours. That'll be hour two of this incredible interview. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for being so candid. Thanks for dealing with me and my rambunctious youth. Uh, you've always been so kind to me. And I have been nothing but a jerk, so I apologize. And I just think you're awesome. You oh, know that. Thank you. You're just such an inspiration. And just I'm so happy for you. Like, I think... I've watched you work so hard on other people's projects uh, for some portion of your career, and I feel like you just found yours. And that's always just wonderful, isn't it? When you find the thing you're on the planet to do, this is the thing you're on the planet to do. It's brandless. Go there right now if you're listening to my voice. Uh, be part of the Twist Army, the Jason Nation, and I want you to go buy 33 items for $3 each at brandless.com. 
Uh, but don't do it until I tweet my code so I get the nine bucks. No, go ahead and do it. I'm going to do it today too. Go support this incredible idea, tremendous founder, and a great team at brandless.com. Thanks, Tina. Thank you. Good seeing you. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>